Hey, Austin, you know what the best fucking part of my day is? It's for about 10 seconds when I open up Discord and open up our server. Because I think maybe I'll get up there and I'll, I'll knock on my microphone and, you know, you won't be there. No goodbye, no see you later, no nothing. You just left. No more editing, no more of this bullshit. I don't know much, but I, I do know that. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Bomb Squad Movie Night, episode 95 on Goodwill Hunting. I am your host and master of ceremony, Tanner Richard Kraft, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Austin Zwiebelman. I'm Joseph Renick. I'm Bennett Kedge. And we have a very, very, very special guest joining us for the first time. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Lauren DeVito. Yeah! Yay. New guest. Lauren, what, what, what are you? Hold on, that sounded wrong. Non-binary. I didn't mean it like that. Who, who are you as a person? There, there we go. That's better, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, my name's Lauren. I live in Chicago, Illinois. I am a local comic in the stand-up scene. Uh, so now pressure is on for everything that I say to be funny. I have two shows coming up this weekend in Chicago. The first one is on Saturday, December 3rd at the Bug House Theater called Forward in Comfy Shoes. It starts at 7 p.m. and it is $10 at the door. And then I also have another show coming up Sunday, December 4th at Lincoln Lodge at 7.30 p.m. It is called The Sinister Six. It is a villain origin story themed comedy show. Uh, that show is going to be $5 if you buy the tickets ahead on Eventbrite and $10 at the door. Uh, if you do live in the Chicago area or viewers, please go to those shows. Lauren is a, a good friend of mine and a very, very funny person. All right. So we're going to get into our goodwill huntingness. Uh, but before we get into the movie overall, I'm going to throw our classic warm up question here just to get our geeses going. What? <laughs> sure. That's a that's a thing now. So. Uh, our warm-up question here is going to be, aside from Goodwill Hunting, what is your favorite Robin Williams movie? Austin, we'll start with you. Uh, for my money, it's probably Dead Poets Society. <laughs> God damn it, that was going to be my answer. No, no, but I, I got to bring the second one up because it's a crying shame that this movie got completely swept under the rug back in the day. It's a little movie called World's Greatest Dad from 2009. Get out of my room. Oh, I'm out. I'm going. I'm out of here. Never heard of privacy, you freak. Yeah, I'm the weird one. Yeah. Oh, God. It's like Dear Evan Hansen's evil twin brother. Very similar kind of plot. <laughs> the movie's pretty great considering that it was directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. But uh, there's this one scene that caught me completely by surprise the first time I saw it. There's a scene where Robin Williams walks in on his dead son. And I don't think I've ever cried so hard watching a movie. You don't see it coming. His son is a terrible, vile piece of shit. But Robin Williams is crying like none of those character flaws matter. That kid right there is his kid. Simple as that. And that was what was kind of great about Robin Williams. He kind of felt like everybody's surrogate dad to an extent. Honorary mentions to Awakenings, The Fisher King, uh, The World According to Garp. He's got a pretty solid catalog after you sort beyond like the night at the museum stuff. But yeah, I'm not a jerk. Dead Poets Society is his best work that's not Goodwill Hunting. Oh, Captain, my captain. Back to you, Tanner. Why do I stand up here? Anybody? To feel taller. No. I stand upon my desk to remind myself that we must constantly look at things in a different way. Maybe I should have put two qualifiers on this question. <laughs> Joe, what about you? Oh, boy. Okay, so I got to get this right out of the fucking way before people murder me. So I love Robin Williams. I think he's a very funny man. I think he's a really talented man. But my God, this man has been in so much fucking shit. <gasps> Trying to like pick an answer for this was difficult because it was like sifting through 
shit in a sewage tank or something. My God. But I'm going to play fair because originally I was just going to say fuck it and go with Mork and Mindy. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm actually going to play fair and I'm picking the movie that terrified me as a child and then gave us two sequels with Karen Gillan in it. So I got to go with Jumanji. Uh-huh. It's a fun adventure. It's Joe Johnston at the helm as director. Like that man knows how to do action adventure, fun for the whole family type films. Robin Williams, absolute delight in that film. Really fucking dated CGI, Mm -hmm. which was absolutely fucking terrifying for tiny little me. Like Jesus goddamn Christ. At a certain age, that movie's a goddamn horror movie. When they get sucked into the game board, I used to run upstairs crying. It's like I, I would have to shut the movie off at that point. Like it took me years to actually like sit down and like fully watch that movie. Somebody roll a five or an eight. He did. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bennett, how about you? What's your answer to this question? Well. There's so many of them. I was going to go with Dead Poets Society, but I don't want to copy Austin. But it's it's such a good movie. It's so hard to not say that one. Like not even just saying a Robin Williams movie. It's it's still probably one of my top five movies of all time. But if we're not going a serious role in a more of like a, like a kid's classic, I have to go with Hook. Hook. That movie was so nostalgic to me. One of the movies I would watch on repeat when I was a child. I used to believe that it was actually like a more of a documentary. I don't want to say documentary, but like I used to think it was real. That's how much I love that movie. Ben, and if it makes you feel any better, I thought Spider-Man was a real person until I was like five. I always remembered Robin Williams as Peter Pan. Like I wouldn't call him Robin Williams when I see him in other movies. I would say Peter Pan is in this movie. And that's my memories of Robin Williams in my early life. Same thing with Spider-Man. Every time I see Tobey Maguire in a movie, I say that's Spider-Man. The scene in Brothers where he's screaming and crying and waving a gun around, I still go, Spider-Man. Spider-Man's so. got PTSD. <laughs> All right. Lauren, what say you? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, to go along with that what are you question that you hit me with in the earlier part of this podcast, I got to go with The Birdcage. It's oh. a classic. It's got freaking Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, and Christine Baranski. We've covered all three of my favorite white people. I'm going with that one. that is a a great answer i love robin williams in general so most of the movie season i like hell i even find a way to like bicentennial man and let's be honest bicentennial (laughs) man is like just straight up not a good movie and yet i mean i find a way to like it uh my answer to this question is of course flubber no i'm kidding yeah um <laughs> who doesn't love flubber no since everyone and their uh, mother has uh, brought up dead poet society i'm gonna bring up an animated movie an animated movie that robin williams is an integral part of i'm of course talking about happy feet shit <laughs> hey, i don't blame you, you thought i was gonna movie. say aladdin oh, really? that's what you thought <laughs> my answer actually is aladdin i just wanted to make the joke <laughs> i mean uh, uh, robin williams is the best part of aladdin so much so that disney knew it and they even broke their contract with him in order to push Genie in the marketing because they knew they had solid gold on his hands. Hey. That's a good move. 
can't believe it. I'm losing to a rug. Sure, Robin Williams and Aladdin may have been the start of the reason why animated movies are nothing but celebrities instead of voice actors now, but he was an actually good actor, so it's okay when he does it. It, it, I mean, it's Aladdin. What really more can I say other than it's Aladdin? Okay, now, Goodwill Hunting, now that we've gotten all of our geese out. Give me my fucking sandwich. Give me your sandwich. I bought it. Why don't you just give me my sandwich and stop being a prick? All right, well, give me your fucking 16 cents that you got on you now. We'll put your fucking sandwich on layaway. Here we go. Let's get into our general thoughts on Goodwill Hunting. Joe! Okay, uh, let's get serious now uh, and to the biscuits. Uh, this is probably my second time seeing this movie. I saw this a long time ago when I was maybe in high school. And uh, yeah, no, it's still a really good movie. It's a really, really fucking good script. Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck, they wrote it, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, they wrote and it. And they won the Oscar. Okay, okay. They, they wrote it and they won the Oscar for I'm it. I'm with Mindy Kaling on this one. They did not write that shit. Okay, <laughs> they they're the credited writers at least. Regardless of who actually fucking wrote it, it's a really good fucking script. There's so many goddamn good monologues in it that I'm genuinely shocked that drama students don't like use that script for like auditions. Uh, speaking of, because we were talking about Robin Williams prior, Robin Williams absolutely steals the fucking show in this. Like he is so goddamn good in it. Absolutely 100 fucking percent deserved his Oscar. Matt Damon, I th- had he done anything prior to this? Uh, he was in a like he was in a few movies prior to this, and I think technically the Rainmaker came out first. Regardless, this movie turns him into a fucking star. Like this is like the movie that sets up Matt Damon movie star. He's really fucking good in this. So is Ben Affleck. It's funny. It's heartbreaking. The scene in the fucking diner with what's his face. Uh, I cannot watch that scene anymore because all I can think of is applesauce bitch from uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. (laughs) And now I've read shit you haven't even heard about yet. You're just no longer that good. Will Hunting. (laughs) Now how do you like them apples? I don't like the sound of them apples, Will. What are we gonna do? It's hunting season. Goodwill Hunting 2, Hunting Season. Yeah, no, really good movie. I wish I had more to say about it. Uh, Back to you, Tanner. Okay, let's go with Bennett next, the guy that almost forgot to do this. I'm going to bring up the the, the bar scene, too, because (laughs) I just love that scene. The fact that they thought the line, how do you like them apples, was like the way to close it out. Cinematic gold. <laughs> Just like never been a more catchy line in a movie than that line right there. They could have ended the movie right there and it would have been Oscar worthy. Do you like apples? Yeah. yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> but no, like I, I love Good Will Hunting. To be honest, the first time I saw it, I thought it sucked. But that was like back when I was younger. Didn't really understand it. I didn't, to be fair, I didn't understand it. I was just like, what's this movie about this guy that reads books and like gets mad at his girlfriend? And then, but then as it turned out, Bennett, you grew up to be a man that reads books and then got mad at his girlfriend and you went, exactly. I get it now. I was like, the story's about me. You also uh, assaulted a police officer at some point. That was also part of it. Um, oh yeah, that's just a daily weekend. Yeah, but for like, <laughs> once I started film school, I, I went back to watch it again um, because it was like one of the movies that everybody's talking about talks about all the time and so i went back and watched it again and i was like holy shit 
This is like actually cinematic gold. The scene, I'm sure we'll get to it further in discussions, but the scene of them breaking up in, in her bedroom is one of the most well-written and well-acted out scenes I've ever seen. Like everything about that scene is perfect from the cinematography, the writing, the acting, just everything about it is incredible. And I even tried to recreate that scene, but we want to we won't talk about it because it, it turned out pretty bad. Yeah, your girlfriend had already broken up with you at that point. So exactly, dude, I had to talk to a pillow. Lauren, where we're going with you next. Uh, Jenna, overall thoughts on Goodwill Hunting. Go ahead and throw them at me. So the first time that I ever watched Goodwill Hunting, I was like, where are the Depop girlies? Um, where are the girlies who are hunting at Goodwill for things that they can then flip on Depop <laughs> to make a profit? <laughs> right? Because I'm God. like, well, I grew up poor. So I, I expected this film to be about hunting at Goodwill. And it wasn't. Okay, but actual first thoughts. I watched this for the first time when I was in high school um, and we watched this in psychology class and our teacher had asked us, he'd given us an assignment with this to figure out what disorder Will had. And what we were supposed to come up with was that he had like an avoidant personality disorder or like an avoidant attachment style. But upon watching this again for my second time, Will left a bar with his friends to go home and solve a math problem. Mm -hmm. Autism. <laughs> That's why I like this movie. What a fucking nerd. Um, He's autistic. <laughs> and I, of course, I, of course, I have to go back to the how do you like them apples line because the first time I heard that line was from my dad and it took me like, you know, 10 years later finally seeing the movie to be like, That's where he got that from. That is every, every Gen X dad's favorite line. I'm sorry, Tanner, did I blow your mind a little too hard? I, yeah, kind of. I'm fucking Sorry. fucked up. He goes to the library for fun. I'm going to rewatch Goodwill Hunting right now. Hey, Tanner. Yeah, about it? Do you like apples? Yeah. I'm going to do it. Most movies about autism. How do you like them apples? <laughs> do you like autism? Because I just got a number. <laughs> I, I just wanted to get into Will's lies a little bit too, right? Um, he, he lies to all his friends and he says that he gets fired from his job as a janitor. He did not. He just wanted to run away from his brilliance and escape MIT. And he tells Scott Alert that he has 13 siblings. These are both lies that we see. What are they called? Mikey, Ricky, Danny, Terry, Mikey, Davey, Timmy, Tommy, Joey, Robbie, Johnny, and Brian. Say it again. There is a third lie that we don't get to see actually get played out, which is when he is having his uh, past charges read to him in court. He had impersonated a police officer, and I just want to know what that looked like. Especially because given how old Will is at the time, Will's supposed to be 20 in the movie. <laughs> and I believe that arrest would have taken place three years before that scene. So he would have been 17 impersonating a police officer. So they would have known immediately that he was full of shit. <laughs> it would have been like, oh, look, a child. It's not Halloween, child. Why are you cop? Why'd you <laughs> just blow in from stupid town? When I was your age, they would say we could become cops or criminals. January 95, impersonating an officer. $50,000 bail. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm still on the autism thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why he has a hard time with his social connections, you know? I mean, who else but an autistic person would get hung up on someone that used to bully you in kindergarten? Someone who's that been is... burned with cigarettes. Oh, yeah. I, okay, you know what? Fair point. <laughs> Are you sure that's not just a symptom of autism? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's one of the diagnostic criteria is cigarette burns. <laughs> this is the episode that gets bombs going canceled. Well, this is going to be the one that gets you guys taken off IMDb. Yeah, God, finally. 
We've been trying to get pushed off that Bezos ass platform for years. I was going to ask for a credit, but I remembered that having an IMDb page is the only thing that they will uh, allow someone to make a wiki feet page of you for. So I'm good. No credit. Where's my wiki feet page? Do I have a wiki feet page? You might have a wiki feet page. I've sold a picture of my feet before, so it's not outside the realm of possibility. I mean, we have to go on like wiki feet men. Because there's a separate, it's like gender separated. Right. We're, 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 we're talking off, about Goodwill Hunting. We're getting Fuck. off topic. Austin, what did you think of Goodwill Hunting? Man, the story about how this movie came about must be like fish food for film school people. Like just learning Matt Damon and Ben Affleck learning how to write with courage from their high school drama teacher, Jerry Specka. This Oscar winning movie that started out as a class assignment back in 1992. At Harvard. At Harvard. Matt Damon went to Harvard. I found that out today. <laughs> Because my boy's wicked smart. They eventually <laughs> sell this script for 800 grand years later. And then Kevin Smith, the clerk's guy, saves their ass when the studio's about to take the movie away at the last second. Then Mel Gibson coming fresh off of Braveheart. And then Michael Mann were both going to direct this movie. And then it ended up with Gus Van Sant, who fortunately was like their first choice. They write stuff about their parents into the script because Matt's mom was a shrink and Ben's dad was a janitor at Harvard once. They got the girlfriend character named after Matt Damon's college girlfriend. They get Robin fucking Williams through a mutual connection with Francis Ford Coppola. It's one of those stories that's probably out there like right now motivating some fucker with Ray-Ban prescription glasses as he pounds away at Celtex. I have Ray-Ban prescription glasses. Same. Does this motivate you, Tanner? You're, you're right. I should motivate myself to have been born family friends with Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> That's what I'm missing. Okay, you know what I love about Goodwill Hunting? It's trying to depict what academia and genius look like in a way that's actually fairly convincing. They've got some, like, solid scholarly name drops, and I'm pretty sure the math is complicated, even though I can't personally tell. Like, the fact that they chose the NSA of all agencies to be the people trying to recruit Will just shows that the script wasn't written by your average dipshit. Uh, the fact that they juxtapose Will's Boston excellence shenanigans with stuff that actually feels like Ivy League bullshit adds a serious level of prestige and entertainment value to the movie. Come on, it's me. It's me, Will. Remember, we went to kindergarten together. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's a classic movie about several interested parties competing for the soul of a young genius. I absolutely adore some of the moments in here. Beyond the two most famous ones at the end, I'm sure are going to get brought up. That sit down with Robin Williams and Stalin Skarsgård talking about how Will could either turn into Ramana John or the Unabomber was just fucking excellent screenwriting. It's an intelligent premise with a wonderful cast and an incredible director. And beyond that, it's an utterly remarkable origin story for two huge movie stars that used to just tear tickets at the Janus Movie Theater in Harvard Square. And even though Boogie Nights is my favorite movie of all time, Robin Williams certainly earned that Oscar over Burt Reynolds. Back to you, Tanner. He did. He, as a matter of fact, did. I, I love the fucking scene so much where they bring up the Unabomber because it's like, or he could be Ted Kaczynski. I don't know who that is. I wanted to add something onto that too. I thought it was kind of brilliant because it was sort of, 
showing that, you know, even though we didn't know who Jerry Lambeau was at the bar, but they knew who the Unabomber was like, just because people know your name, that doesn't mean that you've achieved greatness. You know, he could be a nobody and still be great. So I thought that that was really important that like, and Robin Williams character, Sean even goes into this later of how like, you can't push this kid into greatness, like let him achieve what he's going to achieve. And I thought that that was like really a brilliant tie in there. Yeah. Ted Kaczynski didn't achieve greatness until he became a meme response in the 2020s. (laughs) All right. Goodwill Hunting is one of my favorite movies of all time. Prior to this year, I would have called it my third favorite movie of all time. I'd now probably rank it fourth favorite of all time. It may very well be my favorite screenplay of all time. We, we've all touched on it here. The writing here is truly brilliant. And maybe Affleck and Damon wrote it. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. And quite frankly, don't care that much because the movie is what it is regardless. And mm. I, I love the movie so much for what it is. I could go on and on and on. I can't fucking believe you're not taking that fucking game. Yeah. Did you rush the field? And- no, I didn't rush the fucking field. I wasn't there. What? Oh, my God. And who are these fucking friends of yours? They let you get away with that? Uh, if I had to. I just slid my ticket across the table and I said, sorry, guys, I got to see about a girl. The whole cast is great. Uh, I want to especially shout out Minnie Driver, who apparently uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon and Gus Van Sant had to fight to get her in the movie hmm. uh, because Harvey Weinstein thought that she was, quote, not cute enough. That uh, first off, gross. Secondly, who thinks Minnie Driver isn't cute? I'm I'm not not to be a pig here, but Minnie Driver is an attractive person, right? I'm not like crazy saying that. No, you're not. You're not crazy. (laughs) Okay, it's not my fault. Um, But more importantly, bring me another my time. She is so good in this movie. She's like the only person in the entire movie, and Robin Williams points this out, who's able to challenge Will at his level with his bullshit. And they really do bounce off of each other so well. And one of my favorite things about this movie when people are talking about it is I often hear, first off, I've often heard the suggestion that they should make a sequel to this. No, like a before trilogy style sequel for this. That could maybe work. But I don't think people would want it because personally, I think Will Hunting and uh, Mini Driver's character try to make it work for six months and then they eventually break up anyway. But God damn it, they tried. But they're also both like, what, 20? <laughs> like they neither of them know what they're doing. Right. They're children. I got engaged at 20. Let me tell you how that ended. It did it very well. So, um, as someone who was also engaged, I can agree. This shit just got personal. Austin, shut up. You're married. (laughs) If Donald Trump was still president, do you think we could convince him to try and nominate Will Hunting to the Supreme Court? Minnie Driver in this movie is so great. She was nominated for an Oscar for a reason, but I always feel like when people talk about this movie, they always talk about, you know, the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck screenplay, or they talk about Robin Williams. And I feel like Minnie Driver's do is not given enough because she truly is stupidly good in this movie. Bennett brought it up that earlier. That breakup scene is one of the most intense and real breakup scenes I have ever seen in a movie. Really, what more is there to say that we uh, won't get into in general discussion, which we will get to after this brief commercial break? What Freud said about the Irish is we're the only people who are impervious to psychoanalysis. Hi, welcome back to Bomb Squad Movie Night, back from the ad break for another ad. Have you heard of 
MoviePalette.com? Well, let me tell you, it's a swell little website with these nifty little art pieces of some of your favorite movies chopped up into these little colors and put on a little board. And you can get one of those on MoviePalette.com. But not just that, if you look at the description of this video, you'll see a little code, SQUAD15. And if you use that code, you will get a 15% discount on whatever product you buy on MoviePalette.com. If you are interested in that product, please go to MoviePalette.com and use the code Squad 15. Again, that code is Squad 15. Buy one for the movie we're talking about, even. They do have Goodwill Hunting on the website. All right, but that's enough of that. Let's get into some uh, general discussion. Does anyone have anything they want to bring up remotely relevant to the movie at all? This is one of the most fall-looking movies ever. Like, if you want the, like, perfect movie that captures, like, the fall season, just look at a shot from this movie. It's, like, so much orange. I absolutely agree. Like, this movie makes me want to drink a uh, pumpkin ale and go apple picking <laughs> every time I watch it. Bennett, then why didn't you come when I invited you? On to the next point. <laughs> Lauren, it looked like you had something to say. Yeah, so I like that Will gets out of a jail sentence on two conditions. One is that he meets with a math professor once a week, and two, that he sees a therapist. And I love that this movie allows me to live in a fantasy world where criminal reform in America is actually allowed. <laughs> and I also I also really love that this movie allows me to live in a fantasy world where three different therapists will have immediate availability for you. <laughs> Because, boy, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> One other thing that I wanted to add was that Skylar is not the only character who meets Will where he's at. Sean also does that right. when he chokes Will out. He beats the shit out of him. That's where Will's at. Skylar is just living proof that behind every man, there's a woman who's way cooler than him. Yeah, I always that scene where Robin Williams just chokes him out is so good. It gets through to Will in the sense of, oh, maybe this is a person worthy of my respect. Usually when people try to choke me out, I uh, run away crying, shitting my pants. But, you know, Will Hunting's built different. Well, it's it's a way of sort of metaphorically throwing the book out because Will's memorized all the books within the confines of modern psychology. He'll fuck with you every way to Sunday. But if you just completely throw the book out the window and choke the guy, then it's like something entirely different. Now it's like a surrogate father figure instead of meeting up with somebody who, you know, uh, studied behavior behavioralism or whatever. Yeah, sur surrogate father figure. I get it. I also immediately call men that choke me daddy. <laughs> uh, can oh, I go back to uh, like the prison uh, sequence that we were talking about really quick? Joe, I thought you didn't want to go back to prison. You just got out. I know I, I did, but I want to go back to the prison scene in this so that I can talk about a little cameo that happens in this. So Harmony Kareen shows up for like five seconds. What? Yeah. Harmony Kareen's in this movie. Will's talking on the phone in the prison to Minnie Driver and like the one security guard is like walking like another prisoner down the hall. Yeah, that's Harmony Kareen. And honestly, knowing like the time period that this was probably shot in, he was probably really high on something. What, any number of a 15 year span? Hey. What's up, baby? You want some of my ass? Perfect. I remember you from Juvie. How you doing? Please That's insert what? clips from, what was that compilation you made me watch? Show? Oh, was yeah, that on the, Letterman? The, on, he would go on to David Letterman, and like the last interview that he did, he looked fucking out of it. Uh, there was a thing that happened during production. Gus Van Sant had a brilliant idea that popped into his head, and he pitched yes. it to Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Uh, he said, I want to I want to kill Chucky. I want to kill Ben Affleck's character. Not just that, I want to have him smushed on a construction site like Wiley Coyote. <laughs> you know, it's a shame. He went after the wrong Affleck. 
Affleck. So Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were like, well, shit, you're the director. So they they went and they revised the script and gave it to him. And he was looking over the revised script and he was just like, oh, you're right. This is a stupid idea. And then it went God. nowhere from there. Kevin Smith, who saved this movie, should have stepped in again and was be like, I did that for my movie. It didn't fucking work. That's why I cut it. Stop. Oh, yeah. The ending of Clerks. You brought up Skyler, how Skyler was Matt Damon's college girlfriend. Uh, Matt Damon was dating Skyler until shortly before the movie. Hmm. Skyler left Matt Damon for another person, another famous person. She left Matt Damon for Lars Ulrich, the drummer of Metallica. <laughs> Metal as fuck, dude. Your girlfriend leaving you for a drummer is like a classic moment. That literally happened to me. My first ever high school girlfriend cheated on me with the drummer of our band. The drummer of Metallica, no, no less. Yeah, yeah, Lars Ulrich was also the drummer of my band. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Uh, there was a thing that happened around Oscars time. This is kind of infamous. Uh, this movie won two Oscars, and both people who went up to grab their Oscars forgot to mention somebody important who was involved with their lives. Uh, Robin Williams forgot to thank his mother, even though she was with him in the audience that night. Oh, like, he no. brought her there. And uh, Matt Damon forgot to thank Kevin Smith, who saved the movie back when, you know, Castle Rock pawned it off to Weinstein. Here it comes, man. We're gonna, they're going to say our names to 30 million people on TV. God, I know we're forgetting somebody. Whoever we forgot, we love you. And we, we love you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And me and Mosier are sitting there surrounded by the entire crew of Dogma who are like, are you sure you guys are friends? And uh, so later on the set of Dogma, when they were working together, Kevin Smith would guilt trip Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and make them do more <laughs> tapes. They'd be like, oh, I'm tired, Kevin. And he'd be like, you know, when I was tired, when I stayed up watching the Oscars, you didn't say my fucking name. <laughs> Can we talk about how, like, arguably the two best scenes in this movie basically happen back to back? There's the the scene where Ben Affleck's character, Chucky, gives his big monologue of, you know, the best part of my fucking day is the 10 seconds where I think maybe you finally fucking left this shit show. He said, go on, get boy. Get out yeah, of here. go on, one, get. one of these days, I don't want to see you here anymore. There's that scene. And then like, is the it's not your fault scene? Yeah. Which it's not your fault is probably the scene that won Affleck and Damon their Oscars and Williams his. I was um, talking to a friend last night and I brought up how I was watching Goodwill Hunting and she immediately uh, just said, hey, Tanner, it's not your fault. We immediately went into the back and forth uh, so intensely that I started crying. <laughs> Tanner feels blamed. It's true. I, I blame myself for many things. You know, I, I, sh I should have caught Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, this movie really has a, like a nice stack right at the end and Robin Williams going, son of a bitch, stole my line, which Improvised. was ad-libbed apparently, yeah. And that's what Robin was great at because I can't imagine this movie ending on not that. Another ad-lib scene was uh, she farts in her sleep. That's a funny fucking story. So when they were originally filming that, they got really far off the rails. There's a point where Robin Williams's character is like, yeah, she she did a big fart. You had to light a match. And Matt Damon on set asked, is that how she died? And they cut that line. Uh, but the laughter from them laughing at that is still in the final movie. So when they're laughing, <laughs> that's why they're losing their shit. They're laughing at a super dark joke. We were talking about another movie before this recording, and I'm going to find a way to tie this movie to that movie. So as you guys may know, when um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were first writing this movie, there was like an action subplot involving the NSA wanting to specifically recruit Will to like do spying in international countries. That was like a thriller. Can I help you? Yeah, I'm uh, Will Hunting. I'm here about a position. Could you just have a 
Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. Yeah, like a thriller thing. Apparently Rob Reiner, another family friend of Damon or Affleck. Yeah, shit, that's where I fucked up. I should have just been family friends with Hollywood royalty. <laughs> Apparently told them to cut the NSA subplot shit because it was annoying. But here's my theory. I think uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon held on to that material and uh, later used it as the premise to make the Ben Affleck thriller from a few years ago, The Accountant. I like what you said. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> unstable main character, good at math, autistic. Oh my God. But does spy shit. Okay. I'm convinced that The Accountant is the, is the other half of Goodwill Hunting that didn't get made at first. You guys ever see the, I think it's a family guy joke where uh, Ben Affleck's laying on Matt Damon's couch, just getting stoned and eating chips. And he had, it's like basically suggesting Ben Affleck had like no contributions to the script except for dumb bullshit. <laughs> Do you ever, you like watched any interviews of them? Do you ever get the feeling that it's kind of like, cause they always say it was like an equal thing making this movie. You ever get the feeling one of these two might've contributed less? There's one scene in this movie that felt so out of place, but it's also like my favorite one. Uh, it is a scene where Will is supposed to be going on an interview, but he wants to have lunch with Skylar in, I think they're in Harvard Square. At least that's what it looked like. So he wants to have lunch with her. So he sends Chucky out on the interview in his place. So and, and Chucky swindles the panel interviewing him out of $73 in cash, which, you know, by inflation standards, that's like $7,000 today. <laughs> hey, come on. Nobody works in this town without a retainer. <laughs> exactly. I thought I thought that that was very out of place with the rest of the movie, but like it worked so well, but also like it could have been removed and I wouldn't have noticed. So I, I felt like that could have been like Affleck's one drop in the bucket, one little contribution. That was his octopus's garden in the script. Let me tell you something. You're suspect. I don't know what your reputation is in this town. But after the shit you tried to pull today, you can bet I'll be looking into you. One one last thing. Minnie Driver actually won at the dog races during that scene. She actually just bet on dogs and they filmed her reaction when she won. <laughs> she really won money on dogs that day. Uh, you know what's really funny about that scene? If you look at it, Minnie Driver is literally holding the binoculars backwards. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's very funny. I noticed it yesterday and I was like, oh, shit. If that's all we have for general discussion, who's ready for um, <clears throat> insert uh, Boston excellence music here? Tanner's Trivia Corner. Yeah. I'm surprised that this piece of trivia didn't come up at all during our conversation here. But so did you know that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, when they were shopping this script around to various studios, they put a scene a random scene in the movie to try and test to see if studios were actually reading the script. On page 60 of the script, they put in a random out of nowhere scene where Will and Chucky have sex. <laughs> <laughs> and they only put it in there to try and see who was, who was reading it. And unfortunately, the only person that brought up, hey, what's up with this sex scene? That's weird. Was unfortunately Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. <laughs> He's, he said, you got to cut the fact that Will's good at chess. You got to cut that blowjob. He was he was looking for it. Harvey, Harvey just puts his uh, script in a PDF and then he just control F penis looking for whenever penis is in the script. In every script that comes to his desk. <laughs> 
Here's a fun thing. Uh, some Oscars trivia. Matt Damon became the fourth person to be nominated for both acting and writing in the same year. Uh, the other three people were Charlie Chaplin for The Great Dictator. Okay. Oh Orson Welles for Citizen Kane. Oh my. And Sylvester Stallone for Rocky. As far as I know, this has not happened since Matt Damon did it. But there's a fun fact for you. What a list. Charlie Chaplin, Orson Welles, Sylvester Stallone, and Matt Damon. Uh, and uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon to this day are the youngest people to win Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars. Affleck was 25. Damon yep. was 27. Here are some. Uh, you brought up most of the alternate, the, the two big alternate directors, Michael Mann and Mel Gibson. But some other people who were approached to direct include uh, Andrew Scheinman, who was mostly a producer. He produced When Harry Met Sally. But he did direct one movie, Little Big League. What the fuck? Okay. I guess that qualifies him to do Goodwill Hunting. Uh, a guy named Michael Winterbottom, who I've never heard of. But most interestingly, apparently Ben Stiller was offered the chance to direct this movie and he turned it down. And it's one of the biggest regrets of his life. And it would be a worst movie, but I so desperately want to see Ben Stiller's Goodwill Hunting. I like uh, two of Ben Stiller's movies. It would probably be very pretentious if he directed it. I can only imagine. The only other fun thing is that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon apparently started crying profusely on set first day of filming when uh, Robin Williams and Stellan Skarsgård just did one of the scenes from the script verbatim because they're like, finally, we've been working on this for five fucking years. We're moving on to final thoughts. Austin, we're going to start with you. You know, when you got a director who's as good as Gus Van Sant and you've got an actor who's as good as Robin Williams, you know it's some serious shit when somebody says, oh, hey, this is their best film. Uh, it's brilliant, emotionally resonant, one of the best films of the 1990s. My boy is wicked smart. Uh, uh, Joe, do you like apples? My final thoughts. Uh, if you're in high school and you watch this, uh, replay that scene of Matt Damon and Robin Williams in the park and listen to his speech over and over again. You need to fucking hear that. Um, <laughs> I and really wish I listened to it when I watched it the first time. I wish I watched it in high school because I think I, actually I think I watched it in middle school. I wish I fucking listened to that speech. You're just a kid. You don't have the faintest idea what you're talking about. Why, thank you. Why are you people watching this movie when you were like 11 and 12? I wanted the trauma. But anyway, yeah, no, uh, this movie is good. Will Hunting. Back to you, Tanner. Ooh. Joe, I hate you and everything you stand for. Bennett, final thoughts. This is a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, you haven't really seen like a good movie before. For real, it's, it's, if you haven't seen this movie, it's definitely one that you should add to your list. And then I guess since, since Tim's not here, I'll do his review for him. Movie good. You're Bennett, you're right. Citizen Kane wasn't good until Goodwill Hunting came out. Citizen Kane was ass until this movie came out. Lauren, final thoughts. I really appreciated the end of this movie. It was very easy to follow. Um, you know, they didn't try to hide anything from you. They just kind of gave you the point of the movie, um, which is that those names that play at the end, those are the people that worked on the movie. <laughs> That joke gets me every fucking time. Um, it's so good. I'm sorry. I love that the credits is just him driving a car. But okay, joke aside, one, why is he driving from Boston to California? I just drove from New Jersey to Chicago yesterday and like not in a good place right now. So that just sounds like a horrible drive. But also like there is no guarantee that you break someone's freaking heart and they take you back. That That's a lot of gas. 
That's another oh, thing God. I was talking about earlier, how I think this ends with them breaking up six months later anyway. It's also very well possible he gets there and Skylar's like, fuck you, get out. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that it, it that sort of uncertainty there does point back to something that Sean had said to him earlier in the film, which is that he takes every negative thing that could possibly happen and he never makes any decisions and he never goes for anything. So that's him going for something. You had to see about a girl. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite movies of all time for good reason. It's a truly amazing screenplay. Like I said earlier, there are so many great scenes, so many instantly quotable scenes, so many things we didn't get to, like many drivers joke in the bar. That's like a really fucking funny joke. Also, many driver talking about how men think with their penises in like a very English way. That's very funny. Uh, many driver in this movie. A- ain't that neat? Ain't she just wonderful, fellas? <laughs> yeah, that neat. Do you know who else is just wonderful, fellas? Who? You! Thank you also very much for watching slash listening to this episode of Bomb Squad Movie Night. While you're watching and listening, Lauren, please plug your shows again in case they weren't listening the first time. Yeah, so on Saturday, December 3rd, I have a show at 7 p.m. at the Bug House Theater in Chicago. It is $10 at the door. Uh, It is called Forward in Comfortable Shoes. And then the second show I'm on this weekend is Sunday, uh, December 4th at 7.30 p.m. at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago. It's called Sinister Six. It is a supervillain origin story themed show and it's going to be really fun so i'm excited to hear everyone's stories go there and uh once you go there uh don't bring out your phone and go to our podcast page but once the show is over uh open up the phone go to our podcast page if you're listening to any of the audio platforms are on and please leave us a review it um apparently doesn't boost you in the algorithm at all but it feeds my ego which is what really matters if you are watching this on spotify video i hope you enjoyed this uncensored edition once again of bomb squad movie night uh, Please go on, mosey on down to our Patreon and please become a patron so our only patron will no longer be literally my mother. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you oh so very much again for watching this episode of Bomb Squad Movie Night. Go on down to the comment section below and let me know. What do you think of Goodwill Hunting? What's your favorite Robin Williams movie? Do you think Ben Affleck and Matt Damon actually wrote this or do you think someone else wrote it? And uh, most importantly, do you think cigarette burns should officially be added to the autistic diagnostic criteria? Please comment oh below gosh. and let me know. And- I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. While you're down there, I'm going to get canceled. While you're down there, please hit the like button so you know how much uh, we know how much you like us. Hit the subscribe button so you know how much you love us. And hit the bell icon so I can break into your home and show you some Boston excellence. Tune in next week when we are having a very, 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 very special episode of Bomb Squad Movie Night. Joe, you want to explain to the audience why? Yes. um, So next week, we're talking about one of my favorite movies of all time, one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time, my favorite musical of all time, Anna and the Apocalypse. And we have a very, very special guest lined up for this one. I am genuinely really fucking excited for this episode. You got to tune in for this. Like, it's really fucking special. Trust me, once you see who the guest is, you'll get it. Yeah. Uh, Thank you again also very much for watching. Uh, We really appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.